HealthWise. Hello everyone, this is Thomas. And this is Sarah. And we would like to welcome you to Episode 5 of the HealthWise Report. In this issue, we're going to begin with a political issue. We did warn you that we wouldn't always be talking about purely health issues. That there would be some politics, too. And the upcoming topic does fit that mold. Uh-huh. It involves the school systems. We have a seven-year-old here who we pulled out of the public school system. We decided in very short order, and I mean within like the first week and a half of school, that he was being pulled out. There was no way we were going to tolerate that system, what it does and what it stands for. Mm -hmm. And we we actually wrote a blog entry about that topic. You can find it on our blog. I don't remember what the title was. Oh, the, it was the, the Utter Corruption of the School System. That's right. It was The Utter Corruption of the School System. You might want to look it up. It's one of the longest things we've ever written. It's like five pages on the blog, isn't it? Uh-huh. Detailing why the school system was completely intolerable. Anyway, we're doing it ourselves and doing a better job. Much better. But we do want to supplement sometimes. We like to supplement his education um, with things we could find elsewhere, like videos. And recently we were looking for a video about germs. See, our little seven-year-old here doesn't understand or comprehend the concept of germs. In fact, he believes that everything he finds should go straight into his mouth. Uh He hasn't grown out of that yet. And I'm not even going to tell you some of the things he puts in his mouth. It's just too disgusting. We're not going to do that to you folks. But it's bad. And we tell him about germs. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't believe us. So we were hoping we could get a really graphical movie, a really graphics-intensive movie, showing maybe you know germs under the microscope and so forth and diseases and what they do to people. It'd be great. Yeah. So I went around looking on the Internet, and one of the sites I went to was YouTube, which is really good for finding videos, of course. And we did. We actually found a few videos about this topic, at least the uh, at least excerpts of videos we found. Yeah. Well, one of these videos we, we stumbled upon in this search was a sex ed video, a video on STDs. They were put out by a company called World Educational Media. And over in the description of this STD movie, 
Let, let me just read it to you. It said, this is a brief preview showing clips from a STD education video as used in thousands of schools. Available for school purchase only. Well, at that point I stopped. You know, the shoe hit the floor. I thought, what's going on here? Available for school purchase only? Mm -hmm. That was a red flag to me. I knew there was something really fishy about that because this corporation, like other corporations, is in the business of making money. It's, it's why they exist. So why is it they don't want the money of parents and other groups other than the public schools paying them? Why don't they want their money? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think it's a money issue. I think it's they've got something to hide issue. They don't want parents and other groups to know what, what's in their movies. Is that where they would lose the money? Yeah, yeah. People found out what was going on. Uh -huh. In fact, the title of the movie for this particular movie was Oral Sex Fair Game. Subtitled Fair Game. Oral Sex Fair Game. Which was a another red flag. In just a minute, we're going to play a clip from this movie. So you'll know what's being done in the public schools. And I want you to pay special attention to what's, what the kids are being told to do. What, what's being implied here. And how they're promoting sex amongst teenagers as something that's, quote, fun and exciting. You'll hear that among, <laughs> among the other things you'll hear in the video. Yeah. I think you'll find it shocking. I know I did. Listen carefully to what they're trying to put in the heads of teenage kids. You're at the local fair when your friend asks you, what's your favorite ride? This one, twists, turns, and swings. This one, spins so fast you stick to the walls inside. This one, Kinda a non-stop, upside-down, loop-de-loo roller coaster. Maybe you're more into carnival games. You like taking chances. What's up with taking chances? There is something exciting about it, right? But usually, if you're gonna take a chance, you wanna know the risks. Like, would you ride this ride if you knew there's a 50-50 chance the seatbelt would break while you're upside down. Not. Or would you play this game if there was a 50-50 chance you'd win? You probably would. Folks, we recently had a, a lady visit us on our forum with an interesting issue. We don't really know her that well, at least not yet. We do find it sad that generally when people find us and seek us, for help, or, or even people like us, they do it only after the establishment has given up hope on them. And often butchered them in the process. Yeah, after the step, usually that is the case. Mm -hmm. The establishment has either poisoned them to the level that they can't do anything with them anymore, or butchered them to the point to where nothing could be done anymore. And those are the people that usually come to us. Now, we don't know if that's the Actually, it does appear that that's the case this time, uh -huh. from what we were told. You know, if people came to people like us in the first place, well, the problem would have never happened. Yeah, it would have been so much easier. It would have been so much easier. In this case, the one we're, we have in mind here, the lady was a young girl. I don't remember. Do you remember what her age was at the time, did she say? I think she said she was around six. 
Okay, we'll assume it was around six years old. Uh-huh. She had a strange infection in her hip area. Well, they didn't know it was an infection. She had a strange problem in her hip area that the doctors couldn't understand or explain. So they decided to do exploratory surgery to find out what was wrong with her hip. When they got in there, they found that she, or that they claim that they found a a rare bone infection. That's right. A, a type of infection that hits the bones. And they took a lot of tissue around the bone out in their treatment of it. You can it. call it that, yeah. Yeah, that was their treatment to butcher her, to just slice that area of her body out. At six. At six, yeah. Well, now at whatever age she's at, we know she's an adult. She didn't really tell us her age now, did she? No, she didn't. Well, now into adulthood, she's somewhat crippled from it. She, uh, in fact, has an actual indentation in her leg where the muscle never grew back. And she has a variety of pain problems whenever she's walking or exercising. Yeah, chronic pain issues. Uh Uh-huh. The lady is really disgusted with her doctor. She told us that the last time she visited her doctor, the doctor just matter-of-factly said, well, what do you expect me to do about it? <laughs> and and to me, that was incredible. They do this to this girl at age six. She lives with it, you know, through most of her life. And when she finally goes in for help again, say, look what you did to me, doctor, please help, the reaction is, what do you want me to do? Yeah. I mean, without taking any responsibility whatsoever. It, it It's so galling and credible. They can be like that. Yes. So, what what happens? She turns to us. She turns to us with the belief that there's probably nothing we can do. I mean, heck, we're the... I don't know what she was thinking, but I, I imagine there was some doubt there. A lot, probably. Like, like what are they going to do? I mean, they, they do herbs and vitamins. What do they know, right? Yeah. I've got a hole in my side. Well, actually, there is a lot we can do. And I think we came up with a solution for her. And this solution is yet another example of how powerful alternative medicine is. Mm -hmm. That it routine... Oh, my gosh. I'm getting ahead of myself here, Sarah. It routinely does what established medicines can't or won't do. And I do want to emphasize the phrase won't do. Because, as you know, curing is illegal. In the United States. Yep. We've talked about that before. We're not going to beat that dead horse again. If you want to know more about it, just go look at the blog. But yeah. The goal is not to help people. It's to create perpetual consumers. Yeah. <laughs> and in her case, um, actually, they're not even doing that for her. They're, they're doing nothing. Well, actually, they are giving her constant pain medications for the rest of her life. Yeah. And they'll make a pretty penny off of that, won't they? Yes, they will. Well... There is a way to help her. After listening to her carefully and her condition, it became obvious to us that she has this indention in her side. Well, of course, the muscle, because the muscles never grew back. Now, that begs the question, why didn't the muscles grow back? Well, there's really only one reason why a muscle won't grow back. Or any other part of, well, there are parts of the body that won't grow back, like fingers and toes and, and organs, but... When you're talking about just purely flesh, muscle, skin tissue, and so forth, they will always grow back unless there's scar tissue to block it. Uh-huh. Now, that tells us that this woman had a lot of scar tissue after her surgery at age six. 
which also tells us just how horrific the surgery was and how poorly it was managed afterwards, how yes. poor her, her medical care was. I mean, this wasn't supposed to happen. Hardly. And it should have healed up unless the care, not only the cutting of the wound was that bad, that jagged, that terrible, but the care for it afterwards had to be pretty bad too. Yes. Or, or it would have repaired itself. Mm-hmm. The so, body is designed to do that. It is. So what we have here is a, is a scarring tissue preventing muscle regrowth, repair. And the trouble is, what do we do with it about that? Well, according to the establishment, you can't do anything about it, can you? No. Uh, I know what they could do. They could butcher her again to cut the scar tissue out, right, Sarah? Something like that, probably. Yeah. But other than that, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, there is something you could do about it, something we know about. And we've advised her on what to do. Normally what we do is recommend whatever herbs, vitamins, or other supplements a person can take to make their body heal itself. In the case of scar tissue, particularly this bad, is what we're talking about here, um, we have to resort to some bigger guns, unfortunately. We avoid the chemicals as much as possible, but there are rare occasions where even we would recommend a chemical. Mm -hmm. This is one of those cases. And there's a chemical out there that most people don't know about. Uh, We originally stumbled upon it in our research by accident, researching something else. Yes. Well, this chemical in question is called DMSO. DMSO. DMSO is a chemical that itself was discovered by accident. Yes. It's like a a solvent, like a chemical solvent that is non-toxic. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very special property there. Think about that. A solvent that breaks down other chemicals that's non-toxic. But here's what's really great about it. In addition to that, DMSO has this bizarre penetrating effect that is like nothing else on Earth. Yes. You can put a puddle of DMSO on your hand, a little puddle, a little bit with your finger, look down, and seconds later, it will be gone. When you look down, it'll be in your bloodstream. It sinks in that fast and it will carry anything with it into your body Mm -hmm. it it has this like almost magical property of sinking through the skin and tissues deep into the body it's used for chelation therapy which is like cleansing Mm -hmm. heavy metals and stuff some really rough tough cases i think yeah it's actually a very controversial substance because of the fact that it can take other anything else that you've got on your skin and take it through into your bloodstream Mm -hmm. so yeah, if you're going to be applying it on yourself, as we told this lady, make sure you are surgically clean. No dirt, no oil, no soap residue, surgical clean if you put this stuff on. Mm-hmm. Because it will sink in very rapidly and take everything with it yep. deep into your body. And that can be a bad thing if you've got something on your skin. Uh-huh. But it can also be used to be a really good thing, too. Yeah, it does clean the body out. Well, in her case, there's yet a third property we haven't mentioned. And her, the DMSO is good for, and that's why we recommended it to her. DMSO will rapidly break down scar tissue, but it doesn't affect normal tissues. Normal tissues, it just sinks through and dissolves. But if it comes in contact with scar tissue, it'll melt it right away. Incredible. Yeah. So we recommended to this lady that she use DMSO to get rid of her scar tissue so her leg can actually heal itself. And there's no butchery required, no pharmaceuticals required, and no insurance. 
You can find this stuff at a health food store. Well, not all of them. Certain health food stores sell it. Yes. Not all of them. Generally, a smaller ones will. The smaller ones. The big ones are scared of it. And for good reason. If it were to be sold in a major outlet, mm -hmm. uh, like, like say, Whole Foods, for instance, that would draw too much attention to it, and the FDA would be all over it trying to get rid of it. Because, mm -hmm. of course, it, it's bad for business. Yes, it is. You know, I mean, look at all the painkillers that, that she won't be buying in the future. Yeah. We also recommended MSM, which is another chemical. But it's taken in, internally, orally. And it will help her with her joint repair. Because if her leg is messed up this bad and she's been walking around like this all these years with one leg that's strong and one that's weak, you can be rather certain her cartilage is damaged. Yeah. And MSM will help with that. Yeah, it will help with muscle regrowth. Uh, it does? It helps with muscle, too? Yes, it does. I did not realize that. Mm -hmm. hmm. So I wish her the best and hope it works, but I'm, I'm feeling fairly confident. Uh-huh. We, we're not, not going to do our victory dance until we hear the good news from her, though. Uh-huh. Then we'll, we'll have a party. <laughs> Makes us feel good when we can help somebody like that. I'd like to take a break to mention one of our sponsors, Southeast Voice and Data. Make unlimited local and long-distance calls for only $20 a month. Check out sevoiceanddata.com for more information on hosting, back servers, and digital phone service. Again, that's Southeast Voice and Data at sevoiceanddata.com. Earlier, I spoke about, well, we spoke about sex education and the public schools. Sarah's got something to add on that topic, something we were reminded of. Mm -hmm. But before she does that, I'm going to read a quote to you, a very short one. The quote is, You can't make socialists out of individualists. Children who know how to think for themselves spoil the harmony of the collective society, which is coming, where everyone is interdependent. What may surprise you is who said that. It was John Dewey otherwise known as the father of modern education and the founder of the Dewey Decimal System that is used in every library in the United States. The father of modern education, John Dewey, that is. Yeah. I, let, me, let me read you that again. Okay. This isn't a man with just a minor influence on the educational system here. He said, You can't make socialists out of individualists. Children who know how to think for themselves spoil the harmony of the collective society, which is coming, where everyone is interdependent. New World Order, Sarah. Yep. The new communist America is coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what was the... What were you going to mention? Well, last year, um, I wrote an article about what kids have been taught in schools, specifically in reference to STDs and, quote, safe sex, with the emphasis on safe there. You see... I was um, talking to a lot of the local kids at the time who were of my age group. I was 16 or 17 back then. You were malicious at the high school, weren't you? I was. Um, and I overheard a lot of them and how safe they felt over the issue of sex and how if they were where, if they had some sort of protection... Protection. Yeah. yeah. That's all you need is a condom, Sarah, and you're protected. And they really had that attitude that uh -huh. nothing could happen, nothing could go wrong, there'd be no long-term consequences. Just need that condom. That's, yeah. all you, that's all you need. And what's astounding is that this is what they're being taught. Mm -hmm. And I became really alerted to that because there was a woman who was supposed to teach the class and refused. 
a, a teacher at the local school mm-hmm. who said that she refuses to teach the kids a lie, that they're safe mm-hmm. when they wear a condom. I wasn't really sure what she meant, so I, I had to go go ahead, go home, and do some research of my own into it. Mm-hmm. When I found out that every condom made of latex has holes in it, mm-hmm. lots of very tiny holes, and there are no regulations for them moving around in trucks and the way they transport. Temperature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you expand rubber, like it will do in certain temperatures, mm-hmm. the holes will grow. And they'll stay that size. They will. And in many cases, they've tested these different condoms, and water will go straight through it. But it's not just water. The AIDS virus in itself is much, much smaller than the holes inside these condoms. Mm-hmm. And if I remember, the these little holes reach up to the size of 70 microns in tests. Now consider this. The AIDS virus is 0.1 microns. It's one-tenth of one micron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chlamydia goes between 0.3 and 15, depending on what stage it's at. Mm-hmm. So you may have a 50-50 chance of chlamydia, huh? Yeah. I mean, and this goes on and on in all these different mm-hmm. STDs. It's the same with hepatitis, between 1 and 3 microns. Uh-huh. And these holes up to 70. I mean... And that's just people think something that people don't really consider, especially kids. Yeah, using using a condom to prevent disease is like trying to stop water with one of those spaghetti strainers. Uh, what's it called? A colander? I think it's more like a, a basketball net. <laughs> like trying to stop water with a basketball net. Yeah, I mean, it offers like no protection at all. That's right. Yeah, and the the scientists. Oh gosh, I can't believe I called them that. The quote scientists and other people who were promoting condoms you know, to prevent diseases they 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 don't have an explanation for this they they figure that it's it's just not applied correctly that wasn't well it's the word installed properly uh-huh <laughs> and this became a really unpopular article yeah um, because of, we were telling people what they didn't really want to hear of everything we've ever written this 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 one little article <laughs> saying that condoms don't protect you from diseases got more hate mail than anything we've ever seen. And, and believe me, people, we've pissed a lot of people off. We've done a lot of stuff. We were not afraid of controversy. But this article here, who doesn't single out any group or person at all, just warns people that condoms may not save them and probably won't, just angered so many people. It was incredible, the response that we got. And it was completely unexpected. It was just going to be a short article yeah. that told people the research that we found out. But what was said was that when I was researching it at the time, I noticed that the church had come out against these scientists because, and they were saying that when given, when you give condoms to people in the third world and tell them it's going to protect them from AIDS, uh-huh. and it's not, and you're just making profit, that's fundamentally wrong. Well, that could be more about population control too, Sarah. Not, you, you see, you control the population in two ways. One, you stop pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And two, you give people venereal diseases, which makes them infertile. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a double whammy. Yeah. Right there. That is documented, folks. Uh, that's another topic we didn't mean to get into here. But if you go around researching on the Internet, you will find, and again, this is part of the New World Order plan, these people are following a very evil religion, one that teaches, promotes, 
population control and earth worship. That, that's that's beyond the whole, you know, nature thing that's going on now and the uh, mm-hmm. global warming thing. You see, the enemy isn't toxins. The enemy is humanity and civilization itself. That's who's being targeted by these evil, demonic, satanic religions. Mm -hmm. And it's been found that the WHO, the, what is it? World Health Organization. World Health Organization was, and this can't be a mistake, people, was giving out vaccines in the third world with venereal diseases in them. Venereal diseases and chemicals, chemicals specifically designed to cause infertility. Yes. And these things didn't get in the vaccines by accident. It can happen by accident. No. It's like the whole swine flu scam we saw. Viruses don't merge from three different, well, two things within the animal kingdom and one thing within the bird kingdom from three different continents. Yeah. They they don't do that. <laughs> I mean, flus and infections do mutate. They do have different generations with differences, but they don't mutate with genes from three different species from three different continents at the same time. Yeah. And suddenly appear in particular areas within Mexico and the United States. It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. In fact, they caught the swine flu within days of it breaking out. Isn't it amazing how quickly they identified it? Mm-hmm. It's as if they knew exactly what they were looking for. What's even more amazing is that the vaccine existed before the outbreak. Yes. As if they, perhaps the CDC has psychics working there. Yes. The psychics that can help them put out vaccines before the diseases exist. And then all of a sudden, though, the, the vaccine disappeared. And now they're working on it again and talking to all these different pharmaceutical corporations. They'll just have to buy it all over again, won't they? That's what it seems like. It just they'll, it they'll was there, and then it was gone, and they were searching for it. Yeah, well, they, they'd only spent like $40 billion on it, uh-huh. and then it disappeared. I guess they'll have to spend another $40 billion having it remade. Uh-huh. Now, it, it really works out well for them when you think about it, doesn't it? It does. But anyway, um, where were we? We were talking about... There, there is a, a depopulation program in effect, people. The third world countries are being hit hard with it. The starvation you, you hear about in Africa, that's not accidental. Yeah. That's intentional. Just like these chemicals that are being put in vaccines that appear over there. Vaccines which cause infertility. And vaccines which, I think it was a vaccine, I know it was a drug that caused AIDS. Bayer put it out, right? Yeah, Bayer got caught. It's unbelievable. Bayer Corporation got caught putting out vaccines with AIDS in it. And mm-hmm. instead of destroying that vaccine, they just started shipping it to other countries, selling it elsewhere, outside the United States. Because they had to make that buck. What, what country was it? Do you remember? I th- it was one was third France? world com- country and one country in I, Europe. Yeah, I think like France got it, didn't they? I think you might be right. Right, yeah. I don't know. It was France, Germany, one of those... European countries. European countries over there, <clears throat> in addition to the, pretty much the entire third world. Yes. Of course, Bear was selling it to them for a discount. They thought they were getting a good deal. Uh-huh. That there was a higher price involved. And of course, once it's in... Uh, also, they found... Remember when uh, they discovered AIDS in, in the hemophiliac medications? Yes. And, you know... I mean... <laughs> again, again, they stopped selling them here and started selling those to the third world. I mean, AIDS doesn't just get into something by mistake. No. I mean, it's not just one of those little chemicals that are laying around and, and in processing it just gets in there. <laughs> it, it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. We're fairly certain swine flu is genetically engineered, and there's a really good chance AIDS is too. 
it's if you read up on it it's it's not the sort of thing that can and does exist in nature yeah we live in terrible times we live in very terrible times that reminds me of what you have something to say well i was just going to say that I mean, these corporations who are putting out different chemicals also put out their own little studies that prove exactly what they want them to to say. Mm. I mean, but that was very recent in which a company called Medtronic paid $800,000 to a military surgeon to give false records about a certain drug that they gave him to give to his soldiers who were wounded. Well, they're just military men, sir. They don't matter, do they? Kind of like the radiation experiments of yesteryear. Yeah, it's just like that, and and this surgeon ended up um, falsifying signatures. He put three different signatures on there from mm-hmm. people. He just forged the signatures, and the study was printed in uh, the British Medical Journal. Forgot what it's like called. It was a valid valid study. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonder how much they got paid. Yeah, you can only speculate. In case people are having trouble believing us. Um, we're going to mention that the company is called Medtronic, so they can look it up themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't have to take our word for it. No. I was looking up health news online recently, and I came across something that you guys all ought to know, and that's that the cause of allergies has been discovered. Finally? Uh Uh-huh. Do tell. What is medical science revealed now? It's in your genes. It's in your genes. Yes, your your DNA. You mean mean my allergies are from my great-grandfather who passed them down to me? Yeah, he must have had them. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, I mean your your father, your grandfather, your great because this is the way that genes are passed. But you see, this isn't a normal genetic, you know, disorder. You see, do tell, Sarah. What what else has medical science revealed? Well, it's passed down in another way. Mm-hmm. You see, what should happen if it was normal is that if your parent had a allergy to, let's say, ragweed then you would have exactly the same allergy. But it doesn't work like that. It's just a random genetic allergy that gets passed on. Random genes. Wow. So now we have randomized health conditions that are genetic. Random genetic. So is it like an autoimmune disorder too? I mean, it does affect the immune system, Sarah. That's true. Maybe it is. And what's funny is it. This was by the New York Times, by the way. This wasn't by Ben and Jerry's weekly daily or daily gazette, was it? No, this was the New York Times. The New York Times, no less. I think it was with the Associated Press, no Mm -hmm. less. Okay. And there were two articles adjacent from each other. Now, one was talking about these genes. Mm -hmm. And the other one was called Living with Allergies. Well, Sarah, (laughs) that's what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to live with it. Because it's in your genes. It's in your genes. You're supposed to live with it. And that way you can get treated for it medically perpetually for the rest of your life. That's right. So people are supposed to go from that one article about the genes, and mm-hmm. they can move straight on to the other article about Claritin. living with it. Uh-huh. The one, yeah, and why she's just Claritin, right? <laughs> they actually had a commercial for Claritin in the corner. Claritin you know, clear. You know that was a coincidence. I bet it was. Right, that was a coincidence, Sarah. Uh-huh. Well, the thing about allergies is is they know what causes it. It's actually in their own medical literature. Yeah. They know. They know about how it's related to yeast, known as candida, which lives in the intestinal tract, and how the toxins from that yeast overgrowth caused by... Well, I'm not even going there. If you guys want to learn about allergies and how to cure them, 
you really should go back to episode four and listen to it carefully about how to cure them naturally and what really causes them. Yeah, we were very thorough about allergies in yeah. this, episode four. Yeah, this isn't just a matter of the alternative health movement either. We actually looked in medical journals. They know. Mm-hmm. They know themselves what causes allergies, but it doesn't seem to get talked about publicly outside of the medical circles, does it? No. Well, I mean, your family doctor, I mean, I want to be clear about this, your family doctor may not know, mm-hmm. but up in the higher levels... They know. They know. They've known for 50 years at least, and they've known about cancer, the cause and cure for cancer since 1931, when Dr. Otto Warburg learned about that one. And, and in Nobel either Prize. case, mm-hmm. yeah, he won the Nobel Prize for it. Exactly. I mean, you you can't get any more mainstream than the Nobel Prize for medicine, now, can <laughs> you, Sarah? Hardly. And mysteriously, that was just covered up somehow. I mean, it just disappeared out of the press, uh-huh. and nobody knows about it. We know about it. You'll know about it too if you look it up and verify it. For those of you who are listening in and don't believe us, we dare you to look it up. Uh-huh. We double dare. Really? It's there. You'll find it. The thing with allergies and the thing with cancer and the thing about diabetes, how their own synthetic insulins cause prediabetes to develop into full-blown diabetes by killing off the pancreas. You know, if you dig, you'll find it's not just us that are saying this and know this. You'll find it in the medical journals if you dig enough. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, your local doctor ought to know this stuff but more likely than not, doesn't know this stuff. He's not supposed to know it any more than you're supposed to know it. Yeah, and speaking to him about it probably won't be very productive either. He won't want to believe it. No, he doesn't want to know. Yeah. And to some degree, that's really understandable. Yeah, can you imagine spending 12 to 15 years of your life dedicated to learning, getting your degrees and internships and all this other stuff, and mm-hmm. pra- building up a practice to find mm-hmm. out that you've been following the biggest con job in history, a scam. A scam that is not only taking people's money, but their lives as well, slowly. Yeah. It's it's hard to even imagine. It, yeah. it really is. Frankly, if I were a doctor in that position, I'd probably want to kill myself. I'd feel so ashamed and disgusted mm-hmm. and cynical after going through all that and then learning the truth. It would... In that position, it would probably be too much for me. Especially those doctors who do it with the sole intention of helping helping people. people. Yeah. The ones who really want to help people, it would hit them hard if they knew the whole truth. And so, really, they they don't want to know. Yeah. You know, earlier, we talked about how things have been reworded and redefined. You know, the new experimental medicines that came about in the early part of the 19th century are now quote, conventional medicines, yeah. and quote, traditional medicine, which is really ridiculous considering how new they are. The fact that none of the pharmaceuticals seem to stay on the market long enough to be considered conventional. Uh-huh. But everything changed in the early part of the last century. The medical schools went through a big change, and it happened in the era of the Depression, right around when the FDA was founded, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. These... Evil people, these evil rich elitists that we talked about, the ones who are pushing us toward, toward a new world order, are all part of the Illuminati families. Some of them aren't Illuminati. They're uh, Masonic, high-level Masonic families. And the Masons are like the doctors. Only the upper-level people really know and understand what's going on, yeah. what the game plan really is. The low-level Masons, and you, prob- you may know one, 
are more often than not decent people who have no clue what they've got themselves mixed up with. Yeah. And if they ever find out, well, woe be to them. It's like in the case of the doctor. Yeah. Anyway, the plan about getting a sickened and, and dependent on the system, the world of medicine is one of the big pillars. And it was changed by the Rockefellers. In the 1930s, the medical schools were in the same shape that everybody else was in. In other words, the medical schools were dying and bankrupt. Depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there was one family in the United States who was far from being bankrupt. That was the elitist Rockefeller family. The head of the family at the time, I don't remember his name, which one it was. He started making um, what you might call, quote, donations <laughs> to the medical schools. Yeah. But these donations had certain restrictions. These donations required that the medical schools switch over from their traditional programs into what were known as allopathic programs. Actually, I don't think they called it, I'm not sure they called it allopathic in those days. It's what it's called now. Yeah. Yeah, But they had to switch over into allopathic programs. What that means is, is those schools had to devote their programs into a two-pillar system. One was pharmaceutical chemicals. Yep. Those would be the medicines and the drugs, and only those. No natural substances mm-hmm. would be accepted. It had to be pharmaceutical and patented and approved by the industry. Yeah. The, the second pillar was surgery. Mm-hmm. And that became medicine in the United States. Over time, every form of alternative medicine... Well, in those days, it wasn't alternative. It was... The... It was traditional medicine. Uh-huh. Whether it be chiropractic or some other branch were weeded out of the medical schools, essentially. Yes. They eventually became fridge elements. By the 40s and 50s, they were a dying breed. Yeah. The the attack was in full swing. You had the American Medical Association working in tandem with the FDA and various other organizations who had a virtual monopoly mm-hmm. over the medical establishment and had the power to kill off virtually any competition. We're making a comeback now. In very large degree due to the internet. Yes. It's allowing information to get out there that their prostituted media system can't stop. Mm-hmm. We're coming back in a big way now. In fact, chiropractic is, medicine has come so far now yes. that it's considered almost mainstream. Insurance companies take them. They don't get laughed at anymore. Uh-huh. And they're helping a lot of people. Yes, they are. They really are. In fact, they're doing so well now that they're really not very friendly to the alternative health movement anymore. It's like they've made it now. So they're turning their back on everybody else. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're in. They're mm-hmm. in now. So they're they're just turning their backs. Yeah. That doesn't mean we need to to do the same thing and slam them because they do help a lot of people. They do good stuff. Yeah. Chiropractic medicine is no joke. Sarah herself is a well, not a frequent visitor, but an occasional visitor. Yes. To the chiropractor because of a very bizarre back problem. It's supposedly impossible, but <laughs> yeah. her, her back in one area is perfectly straight. Well, from the uh, side, it's perfectly straight, mm-hmm. uh, which is where you should be have a very significant curve, especially at the top of the back and into yeah, the head. Yeah, around the shoulder blade area. Yeah, and I have none of that curve. It's perfectly straight, and from the other angle, I... Uh, straight as a board. Yes, <laughs> perfectly straight. And from the other angle, that is, if you're facing the back itself, there is a... You mean from the side view? 
straight from the side view. The side view is straight. Okay, but when you're looking from front to back through an x-ray or something. Yeah, there you'll see a very significant C-shape inside the back. Mm-hmm. So what really needs to be done is the whole spine to be twisted, but that's... It's like it's sideways. It is, and I don't know what sort of trauma caused it whilst I was still developing, but... Yeah, chiropractic therapy has been a godsend for you. It has. Without it, they would have had to actually... Uh, I'm not kidding here. I'm not no, exaggerating. Yeah, tell them what kind of birch butchering you'd have to go through. They'd actually have to remove um, the rib cage in my back. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually saw it off so that they could remove several vertebrae. So well, they're not important, are they, Sarah? So that they could... Vertebrae. <laughs> uh, and then put a uh, steel rod... Yeah, in. and what happens when they cut a couple of those nerves in the spinal column? Then that will be... Do you, um, do you really need both legs, Sarah? Can you get by with one? You know that they wouldn't deny that it was... They'd deny that it was their fault, too. <laughs> yeah. It, it wouldn't be their fault. It would just be something that just happened as a result. It's just coincidence. Coincidence. Surgery uh-huh. and can't walk, you know? Uh-huh. Um, anyway, they'd, they'd strap that, that iron rod or whatever it is... To, to the rest of the spine to hold it in place to keep it straight. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't be able to do anything for the fact that it's straight from the side angle. You would be like the bionic woman, Sarah. You think right. so? Yes. Uh-huh. And, you know, this was actually recommended to Sarah, just matter-of-factly, like, it's the thing to do. Just <laughs> chop your back up, take your ribs out, start ripping out vertebrae, cut around the spinal cord, and then put a steel plate in your back. And... After about a year or two of rehabilitation, you might actually be able to walk like a normal person again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and or, they're, uh-huh. They're like, no matter of fact, they're like, yeah, this is what you should do. Yeah, or you can, you know, go and see a chiropractor. And have him crack your back for five minutes and, mm-hmm. you know, you're good for four or five months again. Yeah. And that's the path that it, I chose. It was a tough decision for her. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, breaking news. The FDA has made a recall. A recall? A recall. They don't do that, Sarah. Well, technically it was a voluntary... It must have been a fruit or a vegetable this time, right? Not this time, but it wasn't a pill, don't worry. Okay, because that would be, you know, a sign that the end is near, wouldn't it? it if the it FDA really uh-huh. <laughs> recalled a pill. Uh-huh, but it wasn't, and it wasn't a mandatory to- recall either. It was voluntary, you know, like Vioxx. Like the Vioxx recall, which was voluntary. Really, folks, they could put Vioxx back on the market now. And we actually encourage people to be on the lookout for that, because sooner or later, it's coming back out under another name. Uh-huh. But anyway, what they have recalled are hand sanitizers. You know why? Because it contains bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything more ironic <laughs> I'm not really that surprised here <laughs> uh-huh. at this point. I mean, they've said that this that this the number one brand for ha- for hand sanitizers that that is the ones that you'll find in like public bathrooms mm-hmm. and stuff. The the bacteria that was found uh-huh. living <laughs> inside hand hand sanitizers was a particularly virulent vir- 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 I can't talk, pronounce it tonight. Can you do it? Uh, <laughs> okay, it's bad stuff, folks. <laughs> it's really bad stuff. The kind of bacteria you only find in really putrid conditions. Like, for instance, maybe perhaps in a pool of urine that had been there for a week. Uh-huh. It's, it's that stuff. Yeah. 
So using the, using these hand sanitizers is particularly unsanitary. And these people, lots of people now, are using these instead of soap and water, instead of actually washing at all. Yeah, well, we talked about the public schools earlier. That's another thing. Um, they tried to, well, they have a policy of instead of washing kids' hands, they, by the way, they don't do that anymore at our schools here. They don't wash their hands, not even for lunchtime or not even after the bathroom. What they do is they rub chemical hand sanitizers mm-hmm. on their hands and just leave it. They don't even try to wipe or wash that off. They just let it sink in through the skin. <laughs> yeah. And and they they didn't understand why we had a problem with that. Yeah, they thought we were crazy. Yes, they did. Yes. In fact, they insisted on using it for, you know, our kids' safety. Yes. They, they insisted. They could have just do soap and water. That was too inconvenient. Too inconvenient. Uh, I mm. mean... And, and there's been lots of kids that have been become really sick from this. Poison control gets, like, a, a huge number of calls each year, and it's increasing each year with the well, popularity. You, you have a bunch of kindergartners, you put something on their hands, where's their hand going? And they just put the blob on their hands. Yeah. It's going straight to the mouth. That's exactly it's, what it's going, going straight to the mouth. Uh-huh. And, you know, even if they didn't swallow it, this stuff sinks in through the skin. Yeah. It's not good for you, no matter how you look at it. I don't even remember what the chemicals are now. Do we have that listed here, Sarah? I mean, it's it's bad stuff. I don't think so. But we what you list, can we do... We should have listed them. What you can do is just go to your store. Take a look. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, with the ingredients as well as the bacteria that's in there. Yeah. Now, here's the gotcha, folks. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. The bacteria and viruses... Mm-hmm. that run rampant through the school systems, you know, the basic sinus infections and stuff. The hand sanitizers don't kill those. No. They don't kill cold viruses and viruses that cause stomach upset and gastrointestinal disturbances. So, what's it for, Sarah? What are they accomplishing? I guess they're killing those bacteria that we can't see, the ones that don't really do anything. Maybe, maybe the ones that make Maybe our, if they're lucky it gets pink eye, maybe? I, I don't know. I don't know. I know that we're not protected against all those things that you think that you're protecting your kid against. Yeah, and the very, the very against. reasons they're using it, it does nothing. I mean, the, the very yeah. um, pathogens they're trying to protect the kids from, it, it doesn't protect from. Here, go ask the teacher why they're using it, and they'll say, well, because otherwise we pass colds and flus around. Yeah, and, and the epidemics in the schools, they haven't dropped. <laughs> not one iota. No. No matter how much, and, and I would be willing to bet, if we were to look up the, the statistics for it, the schools which use the chemicals the most heavily are the schools most prone to having epidemics. Yeah. And of course, then they'll justify it and say, well, we have all these epidemics, we have to keep using chemicals. Never registering that... The cause and effect. The, the, by using these chemicals, they're crippling these kids' immune systems and making them sicker. Yeah. Causing histamine reactions and so forth, aggravating their immune systems, mm-hmm. which is actually the real reasons the epidemics run so rampant. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything more to say about these blasted things? I don't think we it, need to. It's, it's I think incredible. that if people can just go and look for themselves, at these the hand sanitizers, the ingredients. Look up what they do. Mm-hmm. And um, where would they find? Do we have listed where the uh, FDA's findings were? Um, yeah, well, we have links up to the... Uh, oh, it's Clarkson yeah. is the company, or Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's that, other, there's that other thing. What was it that they spray in the... Well, yeah, they, they have other products, other class and pr- products, which are designed to be actually be put inside an open wound to kill any bacteria. And that's the same stuff. This other stuff also has this bacteria in it that is found in, like, really 
incredibly unsanitary conditions. Yeah, the, the spray that you're supposed to spray on your wounds actually contains bacteria. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was found in, in most of these different products, this same bacteria strain. And you've got to wonder, just what sort of conditions are they making hand sanitizer in? Well, even, even so, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, quote, safe, it's rich, rich, isn't it, and effective, then how is this bacteria surviving in there? If it kills the bacteria on your hand, how is it that the bacteria can live in a bath of that stuff? Yeah. You get it's supposed to kill it on your hand, or in your wound. Mm-hmm. But it's toxic enough to affect you when it sinks through your skin or when your kids eat it. It's it's a really sad state of affairs. Just how how much trouble we've gone through as a collective society to do what's convenient. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's happening more and more so. You know, we're switching to hand sanitizer instead of soap and water because it takes less time, less effort. I mean, we're switching from paper ballots to electronic voting machines, although I'm sure there's a lot more behind that than just convenience. The finding for bacteria was in all the hand sanitizers, wasn't it? Or was it just Claricon's hand sanitizer? It, it was just Clarkon, the actual bacteria, which is the main company. If you just look on it look on it carefully, now not not this, you know, Germex or whatever it says, not that. Look carefully for Clarkon biological chemical chemical laboratory or something. Mm-hmm. Or just Clarkon. They might abbreviate yeah. it. Normally when we're looking for credible sources, we don't turn to the FDA. <laughs> but, folks, this one was just too good. We, we could not let this slide. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like an admission from the horse's mouth here. It yeah. was great. It was great. Sad. And, and if they admit this about hand sanitizers, you've got to wonder what else they're, what, not, what they're not admitting about uh-huh. Yeah. Well, there's more bacteria now than I think that there's ever been in places where you don't expect it. And you feel safe. It's like with the hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Y- you feel like you're safe. And you go to a pool, and it's got chlorine in it, and you think you're safe. And now the CDC is finding that, no, you're not. There's parasites in them. In yeah. lots of pools. Yeah. There are people out there with saltwater ponds and pools. And I think that would be great. Imagine a pool outside... You don't have to worry about chlorine messing your hair, skin, mm-hmm. anything up hurting your eyes, and you're literally swimming in your pool with big fish. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be awesome? I think it'd be great. And people have that option, but instead they opt to follow blindly what they're told to do and get these pools that have these big pumps cycling the water through and injecting chemicals constantly uh-huh. into their pool with stuff like chlorine. They just. They don't work as effectively. No, they don't. If nothing else. I mean, and that's the reason they use it in the tap water. It's not because it's the best. It's because it's the cheapest It's the cheapest. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If I were building a pool, I would have a saltwater pool. I'd have some fish in there. It would be great. It would be great. Be someday, right? Maybe someday, uh, yeah, when we're in the big time. Uh-huh. Lots of money. <laughs> yeah. In a normal pool, it's, it's really not that safe. I mean, in addition to the other stuff in the water that you don't want to think about or mention, you've got... Parasites. Yeah, the CDC has found like huge amounts of parasites in all these different pools all across the country. A rapid increase, and these parasites survive for ten days in fully chlorinated water. Mm-hmm. We've got ten days to get in somebody's mouth. Which comes from human feces. I, I thought I'd just put that again, in there. <laughs> one of the things we don't like to think about. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and we mentioned this on, on the last show. I believe it was episode Parasites, four, right? yeah. We, we yeah. covered parasites last time, too. And how to cure those. And we went mm-hmm. really in-depth in those. 
Yeah, episode four was a really good one. Uh, for really, you. really good one. Recommend it to people. And about uh, what was it, eighty-five to ninety percent of the people out there have parasites. Eighty-five to ninety-five percent of the people, depending on the source that you choose, but it's still incredibly high. Can you imagine eighty-five percent of the people? Yeah, that means you, you listening <laughs> right now, have an eighty-five percent chance of having parasites. Doesn't that make you feel great? Gives you warm feelings inside, huh? There's an 85% chance. And you'll be a lot healthier if you get rid of them. You'll have a lot more energy. You'll feel better. Yeah. And they're not hard to get rid of. Go back and listen to episode 4 if you want to hear how. Yeah. And it's it's all natural. I mean, no pharmaceuticals, nothing you have to buy. It, no it, side effects. It's easy. Well, you might have to buy a few things, but they're cheap and easy. Yeah. And, and they're not chemical-based. Mm-hmm. Well, it's summer now, and the insects are out in force, so we should probably talk about how to get those under control with all these different chemical methods. Mm-hmm. I mean, in recent years, the bumblebee has like died down. It, yeah. It's like something like 300% now, at least. The wonders of genetic engineering. Uh-huh. There's genetically modified plants with genetically modified pollens, just as deadly to the bumblebees as they are to us. Yeah, I wonder if it's more about the genetic modification or the pesticides. Well, the pesticides have been around for, you know... Much longer? (laughs) Yeah, like a 100 years now, different fertilizers. But the one thing that is new is the genetic engineering, and the bumblebees are are really dying off in large numbers. Yeah. So my guess would be the genetic engineering. Although there is a new class of pesticides now that people need to know about. I'm mentioning it here because you won't hear it in the other media. You'll only hear it here, uh-huh. and you'll be able to verify it for yourselves. There is a new class of pesticides, which is much worse. Pesticides that you can't wash off. You know, normally you figure, well, if you get a, quote, conventionally grown yeah. vegetable, and I use that term loosely because they use it, quote, conventionally, although there's nothing conventional about um, treating your plants with stuff from... <laughs> from the chemical plant, that's a, that's a fairly new process, you know, yeah. less than a hundred years old. So traditional farming is actually organic farming, conventional farming. Farming. How they've with redefined pes- words. Is re- well, it's like the medical establishment; they call their medicine conventional uh-huh. medicine. It's not conventional at all. It's new and experimental. In fact, they're constantly adding new drugs and weeding old drugs off because no drug can survive for very long. Because ultimately. Any drug on the market is found to be very, very toxic. Yeah. I mean, probably aspirin is the only thing on the market Which that they copied as as closely as they could from willow tree bark. Yeah, it's, it's from the natural world aspirin is. Uh-huh. People don't know about it. That's how the American Indians are, how, what they call nowadays the Native Americans. That's how they cured their pains and headaches. They chewed on willow bark. Yeah. And they found out how to isolate it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, once you isolate it chemically... Then you can get a patent on it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you couldn't get a patent on Willow Bark. Putting, putting the word games aside, and it's just hard not to get off on that topic about, quote, conventional medicine. It's just so galling. Oh, like know, with, uh, yeah. Yeah, because uh-huh. what we do, mm-hmm. what we do is conventional medicine. It's traditional medicine. Yeah. What they do is experimental medicine. Mm-hmm. And when you put it in the accurate terminology like that, look at it for what it really is, it doesn't we're, seem we're, so appealing anymore. Yeah, we're not the ones you should be afraid of anymore, mm-hmm. you see. Um, but anyway, let's let's get back to the bumblebees um, and the new pesticides. When you think of pesticides, you imagine either something being sprayed by farm equipment, you know, big tractors, or airplanes over the farms. And it was done that way in the past, and some farms 
still do that. But now there's the new generation of pesticides, pesticides which are much worse. The new generations of pesticides aren't applied to the plants. They're applied to the dirt so that they're absorbed through the roots into the plant itself, saturating every cell of that plant. So if you eat, say, an apple from an apple tree using this new generation of pesticides, that apple isn't sprayed with pesticides. No, the pesticides are in the apple itself. Uh The entire apple, from the skin all the way to the core, is laced with pesticides. And, of course, there's no way you're going to wash that off. No. There's just no way to get around it when they start putting it, in, when it actually becomes part of the plant itself. It's actually part of the fruit, part of the vegetable. And that's really taking away any sort of choice that a customer has or something, because a lot of people can't afford to buy organic foods. Or it, they are more expensive, sadly. And that's what's really sad, and, and that's beginning to slowly change. Yeah, they, they're, they're coming down. As they're public better. interest gets, you know. Walmart is doing organic now. Yes, they are. And it's wonderful. Yeah, and they're doing it for lower prices, and they're actually, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody talks crap about Walmart. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are the colossal company to pick on. There are documentaries, everything. But there are reasons why they grew the way they grew. Yeah. They were doing some things right because they they res- they do respond to customer demand and there's a demand for organic now and Walmart is running with it and you won't find this stuff in the other retailers save except for the health food stores. Yeah. And so we give we give Walmart a big health wise thumbs up here. <laughs> they are actually trying. And you look down the aisles, what they have as a general rule is safer than most of the foods in the other supermarkets. Yeah, we've actually compared the ingredients on these different foods. Yeah. And generally speaking, Walmart is actually healthier than, Walmart than most does. other... So this is going to dispel the false belief that, that we are anti-corporate here. <laughs> we're not. We, we're just... We're Anti-bad just, corporate. We're, we're anti-evil. That's yeah. what we are. Mm-hmm. And Walmart is, in some ways, a very very good corporation. They almost had our magazine, remember? Yes, they, they almost did. took us until somebody who had a relative who worked in the medical establishment got a little unhappy with us. I, I don't understand that, Sarah. Why Why would that have upset the spouse of a doctor? Our I think magazine. it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but the last minute the plug got pulled on us, but we were getting in through the regional program to exp- and then mm-hmm. planned to expand from there until we got the attention of corporate headquarters, and then maybe we could go nationwide. But uh-huh. um, When we had some sales numbers to go with. and yeah. We had everything going, and at the last minute, somebody got upset when they... Uh-huh. It was, in fact, it was at the last stage where they were entering the barcodes for us. <laughs> yeah. They were, somebody at the... Mm-hmm. Upper level. They already actually had the magazines in the store. They were ready. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then... Yeah. Somebody got a little bit upset with us. Uh-huh. We were saying some things they didn't want to hear. We are still getting off topic here about the bumblebees, aren't we? We cannot stay... We're, we're, we're a little ADD tonight, aren't we? Uh-huh. We've been drinking fluorinated water and Coke and <laughs> cake and... Okay, anyway, I'm just kidding, folks. But the thing is, we not only have genetic engineering to deal with, but this new generation of pesticides, and if they infect the entire plant, it's a pretty safe bet to say these pesticides are in the pollen, too. The same pollen these bees eat. Yeah. And make their honey with. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you end up with honey pesticide laden. Yeah. And when you go to buy honey in a store, how do you know? How do you know? You just don't. And even if you get it from this, even if it says organic, yeah. there's no way for the people who are helping these bees out and it, to actually stop the bees from going to these yeah, other they other go wherever they want to go. I mean, the they're bees. bees. <laughs> yeah, the bees, I mean, you can try to grow flowers around the, the bee farm, uh-huh. and I'm sure they do, but, but these bees are going to go for miles. They're yeah. going to go in all directions looking for other sources. 
of yeah. pollen. And they're going to go wherever they can. And if that happens to be the farm that's got these new pesticides, and that's where they're going to get it if mm-hmm. they find it, unfortunately. And, of course, it infects the honey. And, of course, it could thereby get to us in yet another route. Yeah. Not to mention that it leaches out into the tap water. You know, some of these farms, yeah. their pesticides do. And not to mention that we eat it in our, quote, conventionally grown <laughs> fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And there's no way to know if you buy conventional. The only way to, to really be safe with your fruits and vegetables is to buy organic. And woe be it to the bees. I feel sorry for them. I really do. And one of these days, we're all going to pay a really high price for this. If if the bees continue to drop at the rate they're dropping now, mm-hmm. we're talking major famine everywhere. Yeah. Because everything needs pollen. Everything needs to be pollinated. Uh-huh. It, uh, I don't really know what to say. But uh-huh. we're, we're headed for some bad times. And people you know, people need to start screaming about this stuff. We, we as a community, I guess you call us the health movement, the alternative health movement, we need to start getting our act together, sticking together, and making some real noise. Yeah. Because... If it doesn't get us, it's going to get our children or our grandchildren. And when you talk about, you know, the bee populations falling off to nothing and mass starvation everywhere, how, how do you undo that? There is no way to undo that. No. You just have to wait for nature to fix the problem mm-hmm. after we've stopped doing it. Yeah. you got to wonder just how bad it's going to get before... Before people say, we've got to do something about this. Uh-huh. I don't know. All right. Well, <sighs> I think that the one insect that is the most troubling to most people, certainly in the United States, is the mosquito. And we've had a lot of problems with them out here. Certainly a couple of years ago when I first got here, we had a lot of problems. And part of that is because of the amount of chemicals that have been used in the area. Oh, I know what you're talking about, Sarah. You're talking about how everybody sprays their yards down to try to kill various parasites in their yards and yard diseases and all the synthetic fertilizers they use, which unbalances the you know, the insect food chain. Yes. So that all the good, helpful insects, such as praying mantises and dragonflies, get poisoned and die off. They're more sensitive than other less desirable insects, like the mosquito, for instance. Exactly. And... um what we've had the most success doing, and I know you're going to think we're crazy here, was actually through building a frog pond. A frog pond. A frog pond. You should explain that to people, Sarah. Yeah, and it's not really a big process. All we really did was dug a big hole and put some plastic liner in and filled it with water, and frogs come on their own. But you can also put some um, goldfish in there. Now, that's, Yeah, that's an excellent idea, goldfish. Yeah. It helps keep the water... From becoming too stagnant and mm-hmm. yeah. algae. Yeah, goldfish are also very resilient to different temperatures, so they're the best fish to use unless you want to go really expensive with your pond. Yeah, well, you can get the goldfish for like a dime a dozen, the so-called feeder fish. Yeah, that's what yeah. we did. Yeah, and they grow big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to feed them at first. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. mosquitoes will, as I'm sure many of you know, go to water to plant their eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, when they plant their eggs in your pond, which they will do, their eggs will be eaten by the fish and any frogs that get there. And seeing as mosquitoes only have a very short lifespan, mm-hmm. that will eventually really cut down their rate of survival. Mm-hmm. Because they'll go to your water first before they go anywhere else. Yeah, and they'll keep on trying. You have a big, a big, um, well, it's, it's not big, but 
to them it's big. You yeah. have a, a little area in the ground that's at ground level. That's where it needs to be for mosquitoes to ideally be attracted to it. And that's where they'll breed. They look for low spots of stagnant water. Mm-hmm. And to them, that's stagnant, even with the fish in it and everything. Uh-huh. And it worked wonderfully. Yeah, it'll cut down massively on the mosquito populations. Yeah. If you have a problem. And, you know, mosquitoes are terrible creatures. We, we hate them so much. Yes. Yeah. There's such a problem around here because <laughs> of, like, the reasons Sarah mentioned. Yeah. Especially... Uh, oh, at the same time, you'll need to make sure, uh, and this is probably a given, but to make sure that there aren't any other areas of water in the area that mm-hmm. you can control... Mm-hmm. Because they'll also lay their eggs there, and now people may think that this is either ridiculous mm-hmm. or too much trouble. And we can speak from experience on the first point about it being ridiculous. It's not. It works very well, and it's kind of cute to have a little frog pond with fish in it. The kids love it. Pets love it. They love to go get their water whenever they want out there, mm-hmm. and it's just a nice little nature spot. You, you get like butterflies and everything attracted to it. Yeah. So it's not ridiculous, it's really nice. And as far as the trouble thing goes, it's really not a lot of trouble. You don't need a large hole. All you need is basically a a hole, not a real big one, maybe five, well, maybe not even that much, maybe three feet by three feet. Or, uh-huh. We've got ours is like five feet by two or something like that. But yeah. Just a, a small hole that's maybe a foot deep, lined with plastic, and some water. Yeah. And we recommend that when you start it off, put the water in, with buckets, like for instance, five gallon buckets, if you do it. That way you can keep track of how much water you're putting in, and when you're done, you can get some anti chlorine from your pet store. The kind you use in aquariums to neutralize the chlorine in the water, mm-hmm. because of course the frogs and the fish don't react well to chlorine. So, and what you can do is, once you know the amount of water in there, you know how many drops to put in, and you leave it for a day or two before putting the fish in. After that, you put the fish in, and if they're small and there's not that many mosquitoes laying eggs yet, you, you'll want to feed them yeah. for a while. And you can also add plants. Goldfish will eat off the plants, yes, too, you can also and add it plants. helps to harbor a good and, natural environment. And you don't have to really keep it that clean. In fact, if it were out in nature in a lake or a pond or something, there would be lots of dirt. It would be murky water, and the fish love it. It's a place to hide. Yeah, murky water is better than crystal clear water, in fact. And the frogs, you don't even have to worry about them. You have the pond, they will come. But you do need to make sure they can get out. Otherwise, the frogs will drown. Jump in and drown, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the only thing. There's no actual maintenance or getting Yeah, don't them. have the edge of the, the pond straight down and like perpendicular to the ground. Have it like an embankment that gradually rises up mm-hmm. so that frogs and other things can actually get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> and that helped so much around here. Yeah, it really did, and it seemed to attract the, the good stuff, too. And when The butterflies, you know. Yeah, it, it was great. Because when I first got here, I used to have these extremely severe... Um, allergic reactions to mosquito bites. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have like a lump coming out of my arm from one bite that looked like it actually broken my arm. The swelling was so bad. Yeah, see, see, Sarah comes from England where she doesn't have to worry about mosquitoes, and she, uh, her body, I had well, no immunity. She had no immunity to that crap they inject into you, and so her body overreacted for about a year. Oh yeah, it, it was, was horrific. <laughs> it really yeah. was. Um. But there was one thing that, that really helped. I mean, I tried all this other different chemicals upon it. Most of them are ammonia-based. And for me, they... Oh, shoot. You're talking about the DEET stuff? No, you're talking about after you've been stung. Yeah, right? after you've been stung. Oh, to, yeah. to try and reduce the swelling and get get it all to go away, the pain. Mm-hmm. And they didn't help. 
at all. Yeah. It's stung when you they, put it they on. They really don't hurt, work. But no. Stuff you buy in the pharmacies just does not work. I tried, <laughs> uh-huh. and I had no success. So we looked it up, mm-hmm. and we tried this. And this probably sounds equally crazy. Yeah, but we did find a natural method, a method that works much better. Honest to goodness, people, what we're about to tell you works much better than any product you can buy, prescription or non-prescription. Uh-huh. Now, uh, some people pronounce this chamomile, others chamomile. Um, for the purpose of this, I'm going to pronounce it chamomile. Because that's the way it's spelled. Now, the same people who call it chamomile instead of chamomile are the probably the same idiots who originally renamed herb to herb, or instead of herbal, herbal. Um, we're not going to be idiotic like that. We're going to call it like it is. For some reason now, everyone pronounces it that way, but that's not the way it used to be. And it's not the way it should be. Chalmomile, with the H. Yeah. Uh, Well, chalmomile is a natural antihistamine, like an Mm anti-allergen. So what we ended up doing is when you buy these, you can buy these from a store, a health food store, in pill form. Yeah. Well, a lot of people can find it in their backyards, too. That's true, and we did for... for yeah, we, we made our own from our own plants. Yeah, you know? it's the heads of the plant that you want, by the way, the flowers. The flowers, or the yeah. potent part. Yeah, you can wait for those, those to dry out, or you can buy it again in capsule form, and you can just open up... Well, actually, actually, you'd only need to dry it out if you're going to grind it up and put it in capsule form. If, if you're going to use it for a solution, what you do is you mix it with vodka, put them mm-hmm. with vodka in a blender. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or in capsule form, all you need to do is open these capsules. Mm-hmm. And mix that with vodka. And mix that with vodka. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a source of safe alcohol. You know, yeah. when you buy something in an alcohol uh, mixture from a pharmacy or anything like that, they use the dangerous sort of alcohol that's methanol. Mm-hmm. But just using vodka is perfectly safe. Yeah, they actually added toxin to the rubbing alcohol. Uh-huh. It, in addition to its normal toxicity. Yeah. The vodka you buy is perfectly safe. You could... Literally drink it, couldn't you, if you wanted to? <laughs> yeah. The reason why we mix it in alcohol is you need to extract some of the agents out of the chamomile, and some of these agents are mixed in old base. They're, they're old based inside. Mm-hmm. Alcohol will cut through that in a safe manner, whereas with water, it wouldn't completely blend. The solution would not blend together completely into yeah. the fluid. And we can't use a solvent, or it would be not a good idea to use it like soap or something, because if you're going to be putting this stuff on, you don't want to leave soap on your skin let it sink in with the... You know, that just causes more problems. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would itch, putting soap on a... My goodness. Anyway, whereas alcohol on its own will help stop something from itching in most cases. Yeah. A little bit. Anyway, so, so, so what we're doing is mixing vodka... And uh, chamomile together, mm-hmm. and then, well, all you need to do is put some of this liquid or this mixture mm-hmm. on some cotton or something to apply it, and yeah. apply it to the affected area, and that's it. And it's it's incredible. Usually the itching and burning will stop within one minute. It's that quick, and within an hour or two, it'll be completely gone. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like the difference between everything else we've been talking about, between what we do and what the pharmaceutical people do. What we do is we cure. What they do is they treat. Yeah. Okay? You can go get a treatment for your bite or sting at the drugstore or grocery store, and you can, quote, treat it. <laughs> you know, you can put this stuff on there, and it'll work partially, and you'll have to keep applying it over and over again to uh-huh. get any effect from it. What we're talking about, you put it on your skin, you get almost immediate results, and within an hour or two, it's gone. I mean, it's completely gone. You, you can't tell you've been bit there yeah. anymore. It's and this is one of those things that will make people a believer. We're yeah. telling you people, if you go out and get bit by mosquitoes, 
try what we're talking about here. That is all you need to make you a believer. Yeah. You mm-hmm. people will be believers at that point. Yeah. And if possible, don't wait until you've been bitten to make, make this stuff. No, that's not a good idea. Make it now, and then mm-hmm. and then use it later, because the longer it sits there infused in the alcohol, the more potent it will be and the mm-hmm. better it will work. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, after it's been, you know, for about two weeks, you know, sitting in mm-hmm. the fridge, the stuff gets really potent. Yes, it does. It works very, very fast. It's great. It really is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me of something else. This is off topic. When we're talking about skin itching and problems, mm-hmm. if you're out there in the woods this summer and you have the misfortune of stumbling into poison oak or poison ivy, we recommend just completely forgetting all the pharmaceuticals in that case too, finding yourself something called jewelweed soap. There's a plant out there called jewelweed. Jewelweed is the all-natural antidote to the toxin in poison oak and poison ivy. It's very effective if caught early. The trouble is, if you don't get jewelweed applied in time, like, for instance, if you let the the resin from poison oak or ivy sit on your skin for, you know, between 5 to 10 hours or so to where it really sinks in through all the layers of your skin, you're in trouble at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, There's really no stopping it at that point. I don't know much about poison oak, Mm -hmm. but would you say that it would... help more than the pharmaceuticals still at that point? What, at the 10-hour point? Yeah. After it's sunk in? No, it's too late at that point. You've got two options at that point. You can, quote, treat it as best you can. Um, or if it's so bad it's unbearable. Like, for instance, if it covers your whole body mm-hmm. or, or other some other bad situation with it, the only thing you can do is take a steroid. Uh-huh. And we don't recommend that, but again... In an emergency situation, sometimes it calls for emergency measures. Yeah. And they do do that the best. Emergency medicine? Yeah, the medical establishment does emergency medicine better than anyone else. And so for like a catastrophic case of poison oak or ivy, or a case that just would not go away, Mm -hmm. you might want to turn to them for that. But like with everything else, prevention is always much, much better than cure. Yeah. Much quicker, much easier, much less painful. Mm-hmm. And if you can get jewelweed, or as as is usually the case, jewelweed soap, which you can find probably at a health food store again. Uh-huh. Um, if you if you scrub yourself with jewelweed soap after contact with poison oak, there's almost no chance you'll get it. Uh huh. Well, jewelweed soap has become so popular now, you can find it at pharmacies. Really? You can find it at like CVS and Walmart. I haven't seen it. Yes. But the question is, is how effective is their stuff? You, you, we've seen. Yeah. Like, like for instance, their quote true. supplements they sell. We, we've seen and heard. Just about uh, how how watered they down are. and useless they are. Yeah. If you if you do actually have a case of uh, of poison oak, then it would be very wise go to, to the go to the health food store. That's what sets them apart. You know what they're selling that's high quality because uh-huh. that's their bread and butter. Yeah. It's people like us, mm-hmm. the alternative health people. There's one other thing, whilst we're on the, the insects, well, actually we're not on the insects anymore, but I'm going to go back to that for just a second, because I was just reminded of something, which is gnats. I know that they're extremely irritating to a mm-hmm. lot of people, and they always find a way to get in front of you while you're trying to do something, mm-hmm. and we find a way to get rid of those naturally. Well, yeah. yeah. And um, I wish I could give more specific measurements here. I but, hate them. I hate yeah. them so much. Not as much as mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. What you need to do is get like a cup or, a, you know, a plastic container 
and put some apple cider vinegar in there. Mm-hmm. Put like one part apple cider vinegar, five parts water, and then you want to add some sugar to that. I can't tell you specific measurements. Enough sugar that the insect would find it attractive. Attractive, yeah. Yeah. And then, once you've mixed that around, and try to get that really... um, Get the sugar well dissolved? Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Dissolved into the water as best you can, and then add some... Soap, right? Soap, yeah. Yeah. Just regular, like, dishwashing soap. Uh Uh-huh. Squirt some salt... uh, Soap in there. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all you need to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Is leave that container out... And it won't work for the first day or so. I think the smell of the apple cider vinegar has to be toned down. I think it takes like about four days. I don't know. I guess it depends how many you have. I start getting a lot of results within two. Mm-hmm. Every n- every gnat it begins in the to house increase. In it finds its way into the house. Uh-huh. Will find its way to that mm-hmm. that water. Yeah. The longer it's there, the more effective it is, which is well, great. Yes. Yeah. It's something about not not the apple cider vinegar, but the stale apple cider vinegar combined yeah. with the Sugar really attracts them. And then they get in the water and drink it, and the soap kills them immediately. Yeah, and maybe the acid bath, too. Yeah. I, don't I think it's probably the soap. But it doesn't take much soap. No. Just a squirt or two, mm-hmm. and then that gets them. We're just telling you this because it's it's a non-toxic way to get mm-hmm. rid of insects in your home. won't harm you, but it will harm them. And that's yeah. not really very common yeah. out there that you and, get from the store. And we don't want you to get the wrong impression. I was talking about stale or rancid apple cider vinegar in this sugar solution. It doesn't stink or anything, folks. It's like the soap in it acts as like a preservative for it. It doesn't stink. Uh-huh. It doesn't, you know, put off fumes. It doesn't look bad. It it just looks like apple juice mm-hmm. and has pretty much no smell for us. Yeah. I, I don't smell it at all. No, it's great. You know, but they do, and that's the important uh, thing. Yeah, they do. So that should maybe help you out in the area of insects and how to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. How to deal with them. Yeah. Because... Well, certainly there at the frog pond, I think it's important that fighting nature just really doesn't work no. as well as as going no, with it. I mean, it. you can you can spend one afternoon, and that that's a stretch here. It won't take an afternoon. You could spend a couple hours building a frog pond and be virtually insect free for the whole summer. Yeah. Or you can spend your summer fighting them, going outside spring, using citronella candles, using deep woods off or whatever else you decide to put on your body every single time you go outside and still mm-hmm. not deal with it. It's like the whole prevention and cure thing, you know, I mean, prevention or cure versus treatment. You could spend a couple hours, one day, have a frog pond and have a, have a really good summer Yeah. because of it. And we do. Chemical free. I'd like to mention that we're currently seeking advertisers, and we're offering rates that you wouldn't believe right now. So, you can contact us through our website at naturallygoodmagazine.com, or by phone at 336-776-8853. Thanks. We're actually going to jump back into the topic of sexual issues again, and I think this episode of the HealthWise Report will probably be forever known hereafter as the sex episode. Uh-huh. But that's okay. I mean, you got to talk about it sooner or later, don't you? You do. It is a topic that generates interest. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and we recently wrote an article about that, and we're going to mention a few things that you're likely to find of interest here. Currently, there's a condition in the United States called, quote, erectile dysfunction, or ED for short. 
And I'm sure everybody's heard of that. It's been all over the TV, especially if you watch late night TV, some of the interesting infomercials that come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> You've heard all about it. Well, in the United States, it is something of a silent epidemic. Most people don't talk about it amongst their friends. It's not the sort of thing most guys would, would brag about to their buddies. But it really is in epidemic proportions here. In fact, there are 30 million American men with this problem. To put it gently, we'll call it softness. All right. And it's referred to by the establishment, of course, as yet another, quote, disease. Which means it's incurable. Of course it's incurable. Uh-huh. I mean, or at least it would be illegal to cure it. Uh-huh. It's treatable, though, right? It's, of course, it's perpetually treatable for uh-huh. the rest of your life. Well, that's all that matters, right? That's all that matters. One thing we found out was it's primarily an epidemic in the United States, which alone proves that it's not a disease, unless somehow you catch it by being American, being around the American flag too much. Otherwise, you know, it would hit other men around the world, and and it is true that it does affect other men around the world, just not to these numbers. Mm-hmm. It's it's not an epidemic elsewhere, which tells us that this, quote, disease is really a problem with the American culture and the American lifestyle. There are a lot of things going against American men in that department, things that hinder them. Before we begin with the details, I want to say something about sexual dysfunctions. They are not normal. I mean, they may seem normal because everybody has it. Well, well okay, they're, they may be normal in America, yeah. but they're not normal elsewhere and they're not healthy. If you have a sexual dysfunction, it is an indication of poor health. You see, when something goes wrong in the body, that's the first thing to go. Sexual dysfunction usually kicks in before pain or other debilitating problems. Yeah. And that is usually the first thing. So if you have a sexual dysfunction, you have an underlying problem somewhere else. And it's a symptom. Yeah. Yeah, the sexual dysfunction is merely a symptom. There's, there's no disease there. That means there's something wrong elsewhere. Something else which is much more serious mm-hmm. than just a issue with softness. As we wrote elsewhere, the American lifestyle is significantly worse than that of any other industrialized country in the world. We really are the worst. We are the most poisoned, dumbed-down people on the face of the earth. Yes. Even the water in the USA is laced with fluoride, chlorine, and various other toxic compounds, including pharmaceuticals, even detectable levels of SSRI antidepressants, and that's just to name a few. And all of these play a leading role in causing sexual difficulties. And what I'm talking about here is just the water alone. Just the water. Not not the foods, not the pharmaceuticals or anything else. Just the water. Then you've got your soft drinks, which, by the way, are often made with tap water, mm-hmm. which will have all these other things in them. They have benzene, sodium benzoate, high fructose corn syrup, sugars, carbonic acid. I mean... It, phosphoric acid. Phosphoric acid. Stuff that, well, it's bad. And all of them have, have uh, colors, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Some of them are tar... Tar-based, some are petroleum-based. Mm-hmm. Actually, coal tar. That was it. Coal tar. Yeah, and these make the body very acidic, causing the body to get various real diseases in which sexual side effects are a symptom of those other diseases. But then there's the food. One thing we've learned is that the food here is different from everywhere else as well. If you go to your, your store, your grocery store, and you look up the ingredients on most pre-made processed foods... 
you'll notice a very long list, a whole chemistry set there. It's not like that in other countries, folks. These same food companies, in many cases, will have two separate recipes. Mm -hmm. They've got one recipe they sell the Americans, and they have another recipe they sell everywhere else because the other countries don't tolerate it. I mean, that's just incredible that even though they know that the public in other countries won't handle it because they're toxic, they still continue to willingly poison the American public. It's not as if they're ignorant to it. Yeah, I mean, they have two different recipes. There's no reason why they can't sell the good recipe here, too. Uh-huh. But they sell the bad one here because they get away with it, and the FDA is busy running interference for them, uh -huh. blessing everything they put out. For instance, Skittles are white in England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have the, these different colors on them because the public won't handle it because it's been proven to cause ADD and hyperactivity and uh, lowered IQ in kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to forget the dumbing down effect there. Uh -huh. Not just the, the health effects, but the intentional dumbing down of the population. But they're okay with that here. They're okay with that. And as I've said before, I think one of the reasons why it's okay here is because the United States, with its Constitution and it, in particular its Bill of Rights, is the greatest threat to the New World Order. And that's why the American people have to be sickened, have to be completely dependent on this system, and have to be dumbed down. Mm-hmm. Unable to think for themselves. They have to. They have to be. They have to be willing to embrace their slave masters without resistance. Yes. And that, that's part of the program. Uh -huh. But anyway, we're going off topic here slightly. Anyway, we do strongly encourage the use of non-fluoride toothpaste in addition to avoiding tap water because fluoride attacks the thyroid. It actually attacks multiple bodily systems and does nothing for preventing cavities of taken in internally. The thyroid is there to regulate hormones, and hence you can probably see the connection with erectile dysfunction and fluoride. Yeah, I mean, having fluoride in the toothpaste, by the way, doesn't make your teeth any whiter. I mean, it's a misconception, but in fact, fluoride can make your teeth yellow. Mm -hmm. It can also make them brittle, more prone to chipping and other problems. There's very little difference, cavity rates, between people who get fluoride and people who don't. There's not that much difference. And if you take it internally, as in through the water, the relationship is what's is actually an inverse relationship, meaning if you drink fluoride in your tap water, it actually increases your chances of getting cavities. Mm -hmm. So by drinking the water and rinsing with the water, you're actually undoing any slight benefit the fluoride and the toothpaste will be giving you. Yes. It's absolutely incredible, which tells me that fluoride isn't really there to help our dental health. That's not the real reason it's in the water. No. And there are other substances which can be used that are much safer, if that were the plan. Mm -hmm. But fluoride was first used by the Nazis to pacify people, to dumb them down. Wherever they conquered a people... They put fluoride in the water. Yeah. The Nazis pioneered fluoride use. Well, they wouldn't want the people to fight back. But. No, no. And it really does dumb you down and make you passive. You're much less likely to resist anything. Mm -hmm. Which is great for authoritarian governments. Yes. It's really great. Anyway, let's get back to the topic of ED. We're being so toxic in our foods. Our foods are so toxic now that it takes an American seven years longer to decompose when, after they die than it does for anyone anywhere else in the world. The Americans are actually embalmed before they die by all the preservatives in the foods. Mm -hmm. I don't probably need to tell people what that does to their overall health and why we have so many, uh, quote, diseases and epidemics here. Yeah. Man-made diseases. Mm -hmm. But it's not just the chemicals. Also contributing are the preservatives, the petroleum derivatives, the coal tar colorings, the steroids, the growth hormones. And I need to stop there. Think about that. The growth hormones that are in meats, mm -hmm. talking about 
sexual problem, you're eating hormones yeah. in your meats. There's also radiation in the foods now and genetic engineering. Our foods here in the United States are also devoid of all real nutrition through the nutrient-depleted over-farming of farms using chemically engineered fertilizer. Yeah, which is part of the reason why obesity is so so high. So high. And, of course, obesity also is a cause of ED. Mm-hmm. You know, just yet another one. Americans in general have a very stressful lifestyle. They get only about a quarter of the vacation time that people in the rest of the world get. Yeah. They're almost categorically in debt, all Americans are now, with both people, both partners, and a marriage working, and still unable to get out of debt. A large part of that debt, of course, being from medical bills, which is the single largest cause of bankruptcies in the United States. Yeah, I think it's like 60%. It is It is 60%. And that's what the establishment admits. Uh-huh. They actually admit that. I guess they're not ashamed of it. No. They call 60% of the bankruptcies. So it's, it's really wonder that we have these problems. Yeah. Before I hit on the, the physical and chemical things that we can do to make erectile dysfunction go away, I'd like to mention something about the culture. In the United States... There is a puritanistic thread that runs through the society. We don't realize it because of the media, and we don't talk about it much anymore, but in the background of our society and in the churches of our society, this thread from our Puritan past still resonates. Even Americans who weren't descended from the Puritans, their relatives, their settlers, pilgrims, were fairly puritanistic by today's standards, even even fairly puritanistic by old world standards. That's why they came here. Yeah. That's why they fled the old world, was to get away from the godless secular states that had taken superiority away from the church, or taken the sovereignty from the church. Yes. Anyway, in this country, there is a certain Christian guilt that I don't think exists elsewhere. And I'm not saying the Bible preaches that that sex is bad in all cases, that it's dirty or anything like that, but... There have been groups like the Puritans in the past who took things to a whole new level. The Puritans were so obsessive about the sexual rules and extending upon them that sex, even between married couples, was considered bad. It was considered sinful because it it contained lust. Yeah. Even, Even in the case of marriage, they condoned sexual activities only for procreation because God had said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm Mm-hmm. That thread still exists in our society. Even among otherwise healthy married couples, there's still this sense that sex is dirty and that they don't want to experiment because they feel it's immoral. To give an example of how hysterical the American public is about sexual issues still, despite the fact that it doesn't like to admit that, is there have been numerous cases where a person had been found with pictures on his computer of a child, like a new child, or or even just a partially dressed child, mm-hmm. and the authorities were contacted. The pers the persons were arrested in these cases, and they were thrown away. I mean, these people got like twenty year prison sentences for having a picture, not that they had ever done anything to a child, not that they were rapists <laughs> or, or had actually committed any crime at all, other than looking at something and maybe having a dirty thought. Yeah. Unacceptable, dirty thought. And, and that's what these were. These were thought crimes. Yeah. Without any evidence of a real crime being committed. These people have been sent to prison for longer than real rapists. Real child molesters. And it's, it's really disturbing just how willingly we'll throw somebody's life away. For looking over, at a picture. Yeah. 
Yeah. And how do you prove they even looked at it, that it wasn't somebody else at that computer? Or that it was, you know, part of their, their browser cache that got downloaded apps accidentally? Mm-hmm. You know, whether they were looking at regular porn or not. Mm-hmm. Well, on Windows, there's viruses that'll do that now. Yeah, it could have been put there by a virus itself, mm-hmm. but they just throw these people away. Mm-hmm. And nobody will stand up for them because everybody's afraid, you know, that they'll be associated with this demonized person. Yeah. And people will start suspecting them. Yeah, 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 they're scared of that. Mm-hmm. They're scared of that. Folks, another problem with a healthy sex life in the United States involves the topic of intimacy. It's pretty much gone. And that can be because, you know, people are just in too bad a shape to be intimate, or they can't afford it, or they're too busy trying to work off their, their medical debts, or what have you. But intimacy is, and romance are things of the past in this country. That plays a large role in sexual problems. Yeah. There's, a, there's an old saying amongst the rednecks. It goes like this. If she ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And that sort of makes the point. Men men don't really seek romance generally the way women do. But for a woman, romance is her bread and butter in the relationship. It is essential. It is the foreplay before the foreplay, or the foreplay of the foreplay. Mm-hmm. And without it, a woman just isn't the same. Men pick up on it. Men pick up on the fact that the woman isn't completely satisfied, that she feels she's missing something, that she's not completely satisfied, not completely happy. And in turn, that causes the man to have problems. So I'm going to tell you guys out there listening, if you're giving up on the romance, you're really missing out. It's worth every minute of investment you put into it because the payouts are big, really big. You could take that however you want to take that. Sarah, did you have a comment on that? (laughs) No, I had no comment. Okay, it looked like you were about to say something there. (laughs) The payouts are big. Okay. Enough of the whole cultural thing. We're going to get to the physical facts of the problem. Yeah. The medical establishment has a variety of things that supposedly cause ED, and actually we think they're kind of right in these cases. Mm-hmm. One of them is diabetes, or pre-diabetes even. Another one is pure, poor circulation. Another one is high blood pressure. Another one is heart disease. Another one is just a general lack of exercise. And finally, here's what's good. Pharmaceuticals. They, they even admit that, Sarah. Yeah, on some labels that even tell you that that's a... Sexual side effects. How many times have we heard that one? Gosh. Mm-hmm. We have here a case where the medical establishment is right, Sarah, and I'm glad I'm sitting down for this. They're right. Well, these things do cause it. Well, they're right in a sense, but all of these, except for pharmaceuticals and lack of exercise, all of those actual what they call diseases are all just symptoms of... So, something else. Other problems. They're, they're not actually causes directly. Yeah, but at least they're in the neighborhood this time. They are. They're, they're in the neighborhood. Which is actually fairly rare. It is. But diabetes isn't a disease. It's a pancreas that's no longer functioning properly. Mm-hmm. Because more often than not of... Sarah? Poor nutrition? Or pharmaceuticals. pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd say it's pharmaceuticals more often than poor nutrition. From recent research, I would say that's probably the case. Uh-huh. Anyway, there are some things you can do for it to help, and there are some herbs that we recommend. But, folks, it's not our general policy to recommend treatments for symptoms. It's not the way we like to work. But correcting the underlying problems behind ED will take a long time. It's not a short, quick fix for any of them. These are major health problems that cause it. Anyway, we normally don't recommend treating the, the symptoms 
just the symptoms. We believe in curing things, which means getting at the root causes and doing something about those. But in the case of ED, the causes are deep that cannot be fixed quickly and easily. It's going to take a serious investment of time, and it's going to take some work and some changes in lifestyle. And so we are making some recommendations for treating ED, the symptoms, alone here, because otherwise you're going to suffer with ED for a long time. In the meantime, even if you do everything right, yeah. as far as curing yourself, if the problem is high blood pressure, there are things you can do about that, and we do recommend the alternatives. Yeah. The whole cholesterol thing, folks, is a scam. If you're on cholesterol drugs, you need to get off those drugs and start reading about cholesterol in the alternative media. And we have something in issue, I think, two, under God's Nutrition. Yes. You really should read about cholesterol. It is a scam from top to bottom. And by taking these drugs and getting on these low cholesterol diets, in the long term, you're going to do serious damage to your health. And that's probably exactly what they want. Yeah. It, it is a scam, and we've reported it, and we encourage you to look it up. Heart disease is something I we haven't really covered in any detail yet. We no. need to. And we will. We will soon. High blood pressure, that's an easy one, folks. Change your lifestyle, maybe take a few herbs, read up on the topic. We haven't had a chance to really discuss blood pressure either. In the meantime, throwing in a little cayenne in your diet will go a long way. Mm-hmm. Cayenne and garlic. Yeah go a long way and do some reading. If you're on high blood pressure medicines, we recommend getting off of them and dealing with lifestyle changes instead of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. There is a price for pain. There is a big price for playing with the devil, folks. Mm-hmm. On the blood pressure thing. Yeah. Cayenne can be taken in capsule form, by the way, for yeah. those who don't like the stuff that's really hot. Uh-huh. That's an option for you. There are some things that you could take to help if you have ED. Here they are. There's DHEA. That's an amino acid, folks. Sounds like a chemical, but it's amino acid, so your body has it anyway. It's an all-natural substance called DHEA, and that, like everything else we're going to be mentioning, can be found in a health food store. Mm-hmm. There's also Futi. Futi is also known as Solomon's Seal. Mm-hmm. We have it growing here. By the way, if you decide to cultivate your own Solomon's Seal... Mm-hmm. You know, out in the wild. Yep. Remove the bulbs off of it. The little little flowery little heads. Mm-hmm. The little flowery beads or heads that come off of it. Those are poisonous. Yeah. The rest of the plant, particularly the roots, okay. Yes. But avoid those little flowers. They are poisonous. But you can buy the safe version in capsule form in the health food store. Again, that's Futi or Foti, spelled F-O and then T-I. Mm-hmm. There's also horny goat weed. <laughs> And that's the real name, folks. Horny Goatweed. It's appropriately named. Give a goat some horny goatweed, and you'll quickly see why it's called that. Mm-hmm. There's also Asian ginseng, also known as Panax. P-A-N-A-X. Uh-huh. Panax ginseng. Do not get the American kind. I mean, it's healthy and therapeutic, but it won't help you sexually. The sexual ginseng is the Asian type. Uh-huh. Panax. Panax. Okay, perhaps. Then there's ginkgo biloba. Ginkgo biloba is another good supplement, which will open up your blood vessels and help your blood to flow better. There's an amino acid called arginine. Yep. Get arginine, unless you have herpes. If you have herpes, chicken pox, anything like that, do not take it. Yeah, because shingles. Or shingles, it will amplify the infection. Basically, will lower your defenses. Otherwise, it's good for you. So that's arginine. Then there's cayenne. As we mentioned earlier, is vitamin E. And the best kind of vitamin E it comes from soy, 
And ironically, we normally would tell you to stay away from soy. Unfortunately, soy is the best source of vitamin E to get. Yeah. So the best vitamin E capsules are liquid. It's the extract of soybean oil. Uh-huh. Now, otherwise, you should vo- avoid soy. Avoid soy in every form. Soy will play hell with your hormones and will make the ED problem worse. Yes. We can assure you. We also recommend, of course, routine exercise. Anything you can do to dis- de-stress and relax. Get some me time in to relax. Mm-hmm. Pamper yourself for a little while every day. That would go a long way. <laughs> of course, there's the romance thing, too, which could be combined with the de-stressing part of the day. Yeah. Be sure to minimize your alcohol use. We didn't say no alcohol, but, but do minimize it. Don't don't drink excessively yeah. if you have ED problems. You may need, in particularly bad cases, to detoxify yourself, which goes hand-in-hand hand with the other diseases we mentioned, high blood pressure, heart disease, and yeah. so forth, detoxing. Both poisons and heavy metals inside people. Yes, yes, which are actually the causes. Mm-hmm. Finally... And this one, this one cannot be overstated at all. It's so important is you need to start having a natural, hopefully organic as much as possible, diet. Yes. You won't get better until you stop sickening yourself every time you eat. Yeah, it's the most important thing. You could do that alone and reverse any conditions that you have. It'll just take a long time to reverse everything that you've done. It would be hard to do on an all-natural diet. It would really need to be an organic diet. Yeah. And that's hard to do. It is that's, very That's hard. also expensive to do. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, we found <laughs> we will get, you will get reamed if you're not careful buying all organic foods. Yeah. And online where we mentioned it, we have a list of side effects, consequences to using the pharmaceuticals that your doctor most certainly never mentioned to you. It's about a page long, folks. It's, it's more than one screenful, that's for sure. Uh-huh. You'll notice a pattern with the pharmaceuticals for ED. Each of the drugs, in turn, eventually generates more long-term, quote, business or disease. They actually cause diseases, these yeah. these ED drugs. They admit it in their side effects. Yeah. For, and it's really beneficial to the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. It really is. Some of them actually cause blindness. Blindness. Permanent. And it's not temporary blindness either. Permanent. It's Yeah. The, the top main three, which are all of the... Um, all ways to treat ED that are FDA approved all uh, cause blindness. And you know, Sarah, I'll bet that's just a coincidence that all the drugs cause more disease. I'll bet it it's is. It's a coincidence, isn't it? Uh-huh. Like I said, there is a price for dealing with the devil. Well, if you liked the show, and we both hope that you did, you can find more shows on our audio archive. You can visit our website. It's healthwise.org. Remember that wise is spelt W-Y-Z-E, which is to put emphasis on the wisdom. So again, that's health, W-Y-Z-E, dot org. On our top menu, there's a link to the audio archive, and there you'll find all of our shows that you can listen to from start to finish. We have a lot of them. You can also visit our online store or donate. We certainly appreciate it whenever you can. And there are ways that you can support us without giving us any money. You can tell your friends and family about us. We don't have a marketing staff. We really do rely on you to spread the word. You can list us in your email signature so that there's a link to us on every email that you send. You can link to us on your website or your blog. You can sign up to our mailing list and you can start discussions there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can help out. We send out an email whenever we put out an article or we publish a new show. So if you want to be updated, that's a good way to get updated. Also, if anybody needs us, 
if you need to speak to us about any health issue or anything else, you can always go to the Contact Us page on our website and you can send us an email or you can call us. We do actually answer the phone. People are really shocked when they find out that we do, but we are actually here. We're human. Well, I guess that's about it, Thomas. Toodaloo. Bye.